So I'm always just trying to think outside the box, see how else we can continue investing just to make sure that we're continuing this passive income journey as well, where we can become more and more free. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Digital Nomads Daily, the podcast. Today, I have Lena on the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Very, very exciting. So I want to give the audience an opportunity to, you know, to get to know you a little bit. And my first question is, how long have you been nomading? So I'm brand new to nomading. I started the planning process in 2020, but to finally get to the point I'm here now, um, it began in January. So still a brand new nomader, but planning to keep it going long term. I love that you're a new nomad because we have a lot of people on the podcast that have been doing this for a while. So I'm sure that there's some struggles that we can talk about uh, that you already encountered. (laughs) And where are you talking from right now? So Right now I'm in Puerto Viejo, Costa Rica. So have been here now for a month and a half and moving on to other parts of the country later this week. Sweet. I have never been to Costa Rica, but it's really high on my list. (laughs) Yeah, it's a well worth a visit for sure. (laughs) Okay. And so how do you sustain yourself? Yeah. So I actually started the entire, I didn't even realize I was planning. Um, I purchased an investment property about seven years ago now. So when I did decide to shift gears and make it more of like an income that would be withstanding me and helping me have this journey. Um, I focused on paying off my mortgage completely, having tenants move in. And from that point, that's now been sustaining me. Um, My husband's also working. He works in the tech space and marketing. So he has Mm -hmm. the opportunity to do that. And in the meantime, I'm continuing to blog and share content and working on building an audience on that front. I love that you have like an investment property. I hear so many nomads that have at least some sort of investment before they go into the journey or that they are doing this with a partner and then there's at least some sort of financial stability, which I think is very important, especially if you want to do it long term. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's been a long decision or a long term planning that we did get to this point. But yeah, having the investment in place really gives the peace of mind that when we do go home eventually, if we go home eventually, um, we're not going home to nothing. We have set the groundwork and we own something that's tangible, which is important to me at least. Yeah. So why did you start this journey? So of course, COVID was a big impact for most people where you're in one place constantly and drives you a little bit stir crazy. So My husband and I at that point decided like it'd be really cool if we could go travel during all of this. We started planning, figuring out how we could do it. And in the process of planning, I was actually um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So that was definitely something that halted my thoughts and where I thought we would be. And um, I didn't think we'd be able to do it anymore. I gave up on the planning. I decided, you know what, maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe we should just stay put and just go on vacations when we can. But after sitting with that for a little while, the opposite started to happen. So instead of accepting it and being like, okay, 
this isn't going to happen. This isn't for me. I figured I can do it now. I might as well do it now because currently like I can do anything I would like to do while traveling. Whereas I don't know what it'll be like down the road. Yeah. I think that's very inspiring. It's, I guess it takes a lot to, to make that decision. So if it's all right with you, I would speak a little bit more about this actually, because I can imagine that it sounds maybe easy, but perhaps there's some planning or things that you need to think about when you have limitations, especially health limitations. Yeah, absolutely. So physically, I do have relapse remitting multiple sclerosis, so I can have an attack, but then I can recover from it. So in order to keep them at bay, I do need to maintain my medication. So I do have to get an infusion once every six months. So that makes me have to be in Toronto. So I can't really do that from anywhere else, at least at this point. So I need to travel back home. I need to maintain my MRIs, my doctor's appointments. And I also need to maintain my health insurance because at this point, it would be more than the budget just to pay for medication and for the healthcare side. Um, and and it wouldn't be an option. So I I do need to step back into Toronto, go back and forth and kind of be flexible to be able to do it all. Yeah. And also, if you have to go back once a six months to your home, that that doesn't sound that bad, to be honest. Well, it's it's a little more complicated than that. I do need to (laughs) go back like every three months more so because I, yeah, I need to go back, do the blood work in advance then go for the infusion, then do blood work again. Um, So it turns into more of like a three-month rolling situation. Um, And even to keep my healthcare in place, I need to be in Ontario for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And how did you find out all sort of like the practicalities of this is how long you should stay in your country to to keep the health insurance, to be part of a social system? I'm pretty sure that a lot of nomads don't even either think about this. You were forced into thinking about it. And maybe also some people have no clue where to start. It was definitely daunting. I I also didn't know where to start. Um, Of course, our good friend Google, I pulled (laughs) it up and started digging in just to see what kind of assistance programs exist. So in Toronto, there's a benefit called the Trillion Benefit. So in order to apply for this, um, you need to be able to prove that you can't sufficiently pay for the medication. Um, and based on the cost, it was just difficult. Like it, it, There would be no point. So I guess just researching options that there are, and I came up with looking into Ontario specifically to see what kind of things we have in place. Um, with that said, I'm still researching to see if there's any type of local Um, way of doing this where I don't have to continue going back and forth to Canada every single time I need treatment. But right now it's kind of did the research, spoke with my neurologist, found out what their recommendations were and how they would say I could be able to do this. And then I took the leap. Yeah. But I definitely got a lot of assistance from a lot of people and had a chance to speak to to many people about that. That's very beautiful that you have a community around you that was able to Maybe not find all the answers, but at least like help you out and comfort you in the first season of the podcast. And I'm sure in this season as well, everyone is going to talk about how important community is, how important it is to plan certain things like with or without limitations. 
So how would your day look like? Are you working full time or are you more in like, you know, exploring Costa Rica and watching the beautiful birds or? (laughs) It's a bit of a combination. So some days, yes, I'll work the entire day. Um, And that, of course, is working on my writing and building my content and making sure that I have everything planned a couple of weeks in advance, at least, um, which is very time consuming. And then when it comes down to managing the investment property, it's very hands off now. So it's really unfortunate that I was able to set everything up before leaving. And now it's a matter of um, just making sure everything is in place and working as it should. Sweet. I am also curious about how do you balance work, life, relationship? Yeah, so my husband works constantly. So relationship side, when he's free, I make myself free. Definitely. Um, I prioritize our time together. We've been married now for about two years and it's all been through COVID. Um, So when it comes to our relationship, like I kind of give him the time when he has the time. On my side, personally, I make sure that I'm working out daily. I'm going to the beach daily. I'm doing all of the things that I want that fulfill me uh, and make me happy. But then I always carve out at least a few hours a day just to make sure I'm going through my content. Um, And then, of course, some days, that's the main dedication of what I'll be doing. And of course, I'm always just trying to think outside the box, see how else we can continue investing just to make sure that we're continuing this passive income journey as well, where we can become more and more free and able to do whatever we want to do. Love that. Okay, so as a new nomad, it it seems like that even though with all the challenges, you got everything pretty well in order. What are some of the struggles that you had on this nomad journey that you were really not expecting? So I like to think I'm really good at planning ahead. But in this case, I, I didn't at all. I had no idea what to expect coming here. And we had originally planned like, a shuttle to get into town from San Jose. So we flew into San Jose, had a shuttle plan that was going to bring us to Puerto Viejo. And we were late. We missed our shuttle completely. So that was the first issue that we encountered day one. Then when we were able to get to town, it was pouring rain, completely dark outside, didn't know what to expect. There's no street lights here. It's very dark often. So again, I'm like, did I make a mistake? Why did I choose to come here? This place seems terrible. But then after getting in a cab, getting to our place, the internet was out. So it was just those hiccups. And since then, we stayed in one location in Playa Chiquita. It was beautiful. They had some internet outages here and there. So we were a bit lost at times, but had to figure it out on the fly. And I think a bit more research might have helped. (laughs) And then secondly... We stayed in the town of Puerto Viejo, but again, I thought I researched well enough, but we ended up choosing a pretty rough area. Um, So right when we moved in, I wanted to move out, but decided to stick it out. We had booked for the entire month. So we stuck it out and actually just moved out of it yesterday. It was an experience. I think it was very character building. Um, I wouldn't want to go stay in that area again, but I think... Going forward, I might book like a few days in a spot before committing to an entire month just to see it'll lay a little and see what the place is like instead of jumping the gun before even leaving the country. Yeah. (laughs) 
That makes sense. How did you come up with booking it for a whole month? I wanted to feel at home somewhere. So even though we're nomads, we're moving around constantly, I wanted to feel situated. I didn't want to feel like we're just traveling. I wanted to feel like we're living somewhere and we're having a full-on experience. So I figured staying in one spot for a month would give you that kind of feeling. So yeah, the place online seemed really nice, pretty good reviews. The price was fair. Um, So we just decided, let's go for it. Yeah. And when booking an accommodation, what are other things that you would definitely look out for online? So without even staying in the place? Yeah. So if I'm booking an Airbnb, I need to see that there's at least like 20 or so um, reviews that have been there. And they're all 4.5 or higher. I'm learning a lot about myself and what I like personally. um, And I need 4.5 plus. Like that's where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think just getting to know an area first. So Again, a month is a long time in a three-month journey. To be stuck in one place you're not really happy with, it was a bit of a, a bit of a shame. Yeah, I feel you. I have done. I'm on this journey for a long while, and I have made so many stupid mistakes with booking spots. <laughs> we actually wrote an article about it. I think it's like six tips on booking an accommodation, and it, it talks about how you can use Google to check the street view, uh, make sure there's no loud bars just around the corner, like those kind of things. We'll link it in this episode as well um, because it's really helpful to learn from like other people. Okay, when you're booking something, what are you looking at? I love having enough daylight. And uh, recently in Brazil, I booked a place. It was so dark in the house. It was like, it was crazy. And I don't wake up properly and my brain doesn't wake up properly. We booked it for three months and it was, oh my God. So that was like, next time I check windows, if there's a big tree in front of the house, like those types of things. Yeah, and It's true. And you often don't really know exactly what you're going to get into. Even the description online might be different than what it actually is. Oh yeah, Um, totally. So I, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) what other tips would you want to share with nomads that are either thinking about doing it or really just starting out so definitely pack light that would be number one i overpacked and i've been trying to get rid of things along the way without getting rid of too much i was preparing to come to the jungle without realizing this is actually like a jungle a city in a jungle so you can get everything you need. You don't need to bring all the toothpaste, all your body washing. You can find it at the store in most places. Um, so pack light. Be able to be agile. Go anywhere you need. Um, research the area better than I did. Make sure you're taking the time to really look into what people say about it, what other bloggers are talking about. Um, learn other people's experiences before to make sure you're making a good choice for yourself. Personally, I tried to sell as many things and like physical objects from home before coming on this trip, just so it makes you, again, more free, more able to just bounce around, do what you'd like to do and be really focused on that while also having a bit more pocket change to use on the journey. So that's something to recommend as well. And and even look into co-working spaces in the area you're going to be at. So if you're not confident about internet in your place where you'll be staying see if there's places around where you could also work if there are any issues Mm -hmm. there um, just so you have your backup those are really good tips i love also the tip about the co-working space because 
not having proper Wi-Fi, that is so risky, especially if you're 100% relying on it. In some countries, like in Costa Rica, a good friend of mine, she, she lived in Costa Rica for a while. And she would just say out of nowhere, the internet would just be off for 24 hours, yeah. 48 hours, yeah. six hours, you know. It depends on your job, of course, but it's it really sucks. Like then you learn yeah. how yeah. how much we rely on good internet. <laughs> it's unpredictable sometimes, for sure. I can't imagine that in these moments you're also learning a lot about yourself. And you already said that. What is something that you learned about yourself that's part of you and you had no clue? I learned more so that like. I I used to love camping. That was something I was very into. I was happy I could always rough it. Not an issue at all. I'm really realizing now I'm not that person anymore. I've kind of grown <laughs> out of it. And I like some things are a little finer than that. Um, so that was definitely huge. I also learned because I did last the month in our place that we were at last. But I, I, I do have the tenacity. I have the ability to push through and make the most of it. And just kind of get creative with how to make the best of situations. You know what? I used to camp with my parents as well, but I can't imagine camping now. I'm not in that space anymore. Well, right now we are staying in a teepee for three nights. So that is the most like camping that we've done really. Actually, the last place felt more like camping than this does. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) it is glamping. Like we have beautiful showers accessible to us that have hot water. Last place didn't have hot water at all, so got used to some cold therapy. Um, and it was just like very, very different for sure. And this I like more, but again, it comes to overpacking. It feels really tight because I have way too much stuff. So <laughs> it all kind of circles back to taking my own advice for the next trip um, of what not to do. <laughs> so how much kilos are you traveling with? Or how many kilos are you? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know in kilos, so we have about like seventy pounds of like luggage. Um, okay. How so much is that? Seventy pounds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look now. I don't know pounds. Yeah. I'm European. <laughs> Thirty-two kilos. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit too much, in my opinion. I think going forward, like our goal and our mission is to try to each have a carry-on. But I feel you. I I travel now with I think it's twenty one kilos or something. Aside from the surfboard, kind of everything that I own, and it makes my life so easy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All right. So wow, there's so many tips already in this episode. We're gonna create an article for this episode, so everyone can check that out. We will put also some links. Um, I'm also curious if people want to read more about your journey. Where could they go to? Yeah, so I actually have a website. It's called lehive.com. So that's L-I-H-I-V-E.com. Um, and I post content there regularly. I try to do at least one per week um, about all the restaurants we go to, about all the places we go to, all the struggles, all the personal stories, just kind of everything added up in one. And on Instagram, of course, Lena Miklia. So you can see it all there. Sweet. Well, I'm I'm really thankful for all the helpful tips. I'm so sure that people are really going to love this. So I always ask at the end of the episode if my guests have maybe a question for me. So do you have a question? Yeah. <laughs> well, what motivated you to start your nomad journey? Ooh, uh, well, actually, funny enough, 
I, it just happened to me. I never started. Um, I didn't plan for it. It just kind of happened. I was working uh, in the Philippines, uh, leading a tech startup there, but I was working a lot. And then a friend of mine invited me to go to Bali and he, he was renting a house there for long term. He's like working remotely and his office was in Philippines. So that's why I knew him. And then I was working remotely there and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that's kind of how it like slowly started. And then um, I had a lot of questions about the journey. And then I started Digital Nomads Daily because I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't think about investment, passive income, health insurance. So looking back at that and where I am right now, I'm way more organized. But that that's it. That's how it started. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for, for joining us today. I, I really enjoyed it. And also, thank you for for motivating other people to not stop if, if things are not moving uh, the way they wanted it to, to be. Thank also to our listeners tuning in today. I am really excited for all the upcoming podcasts. So for everyone, you can find all the episodes and all the show notes of each episode. So this one as well at digitalnomadsdaily.com forward slash podcast. And Lena, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome.